Welcome to HVAC Success Secrets Revealed, a show where we interview industry leaders and disruptors, revealing the success secrets to create and unleash the ultimate HVAC business. Now your hosts, Thaddeus and Evan. Welcome back to another HVAC Success Secrets Revealed. This week, we had the pleasure of getting together with our old friend, Trent Booth. I've known Trent for 13 years now, and the man is an absolute treasure and a gift. He is a business coach and consultant. He's been leading sales organizations for over 25 years now. And we got into it talking about some of the gifts that came out of the the pandemic that was 2020 and how businesses can really take advantage of utilizing technology to move their business forward today and some of those lessons that we took out of it. We talked about one of his patented start, stop, keep methods for coaching and how he utilizes it in coaching, but what you can do and how you can utilize that information for your business to analyze everything from business to life to kids. And, and then what is the one thing that you can do for your customer? It was a fantastic conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Pour yourself a nice cold one. Sit back, relax, and please enjoy responsibly. Today we have a very special guest and uh, one of my dear old friends and uh, one of my original mentors back when I was with the Cutco Corporation, Mr. Trent Booth. Uh, Trent is a thought leader and I would even argue recruiting disruptor within Mm. the Vector world. Dude, what you have done for Vector has just been absolutely incredible. I loved how you've taken this role of recruiting manager and just blown up with it and massively impacted a tremendous amount of people. We're going to dive into some leadership topics, some fun conversations. We'll have some good laughs. Well, should we jump into uh, our random question generator here? I love uh, it. Uh, <laughs> I am going to ask this to you, Trent, just because I think it's a fun question. Um, what is the most embarrassing thing you own? Most embarrassing thing I own? Oh, okay, hold on here. Let me think about this one. The most embarrassing thing I own? own so it's like it's in the house i not ever owned i own it now yes embarrassing thing i own dude i'm struggling here man um dude i've got to have something that i own that i'm just like i should get rid of that and i just i haven't you know what i'm saying i have another pinch hit question if you want one all right all right uh what is the best invention of the last 50 years what is the best invention Boy, the, the last invention. 50 years. The yes. And also, if you are following along, feel free to answer that question uh, for us as well. a great well. couple of questions guys kicked off here. I just thought we got to drink and hang out today. Now I got to think, man. But <laughs> the best invention of the last 50 years, um, boy, you'd be hard-pressed to not say something like medical, like uh, like a heart transplant or like insulin. But, you know, honestly, um, when you think about like like the airplane, which would be a thing that our generation would completely take for granted. But when you think about the ability to travel the way we can do it now, so in the last 50 years, that's not 50 years. Obviously, that's a little, little deeper than that. But the reality is commercial uh, travels commercial, is, totally. right, is in the last real 50, I would say, for sure. And the fact that it's prolific and you can get anywhere. So the fact that you can get New York right now to L.A. in a six-hour flight, the fact that you can go from Vancouver to Toronto and there's 10 flights today, or at least a half dozen, um, 
and you can do it in six maybe hours. two with maybe two with COVID, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> touchdowns. You know, if you're going to go on WestJet, you got to touch down four times. But you know, the, the idea is that the fact that you can't. So let me say it this way: because my dad, when we lived in Vancouver, would go on. He was a sales guy, so he would travel, and it'd be like a two-week trip. Like he'd hit Halifax, and you weren't just doing Halifax and back. You would like you'd hit Montreal, and then you hit Halifax, and you'd hit all these spots. But as a five-year-old kid, dude, my my dad's gone for two weeks. You know, and you can't wrap your brain around that. You can talk to him on the phone, but like, you know, mm-hmm. let me also say this one here though, is in, in the last 10 years, I would say this, the idea of social media making it so easy for us to connect. So if you think about COVID hitting even 10 years ago, where we don't have something like Zoom or FaceTime is really tweaked up yet, the fact that kids can still go to school right now, the fact that business can still happen. We just had a national sales conference the strategic leadership conference SLC is done every year. We just did it virtually and guys, it was awesome. Now we missed not hanging out, having a cocktail, having a couple of yucks and hugging and there's no bongos, but it was still a pretty great event, you know, and the idea that you could still connect and have an exchange of ideas virtually and not spend three quarters of a million dollars to do it. Right. is actually pretty amazing. So, I'm going to double down there. I would say that uh, as much as internet also has some some nefarious sides to it, the fact that we can connect like this is is amazing. It's pretty sweet. Oh, 100%. I would I would uh, I would actually agree with that uh, in terms of the social media and the connection because your connections now are are so spread out and you can have these relationships with anyone and, and that, you know, it was a lot more difficult 10 years ago, certainly, but even, you know, us, you know, Evan, we have a, we have a mastermind on with a couple of our other, our other associates and just to be able to have the connection back and forth in that streamlined process um, is super cool. On the sales side, I will say that zoom has definitely been a, uh, a great thing for, you know, for me personally, and I probably any salesperson out there that's doing local appointments because now when somebody no shows you because no shows are inevitable, right? Yep. Guess what? Yep. Now you're just, now you're just sitting in your office, right? You're not sure. out that 15, 20 minute drive, 15 minutes sitting in the coffee shop, the coffee that you bought that you didn't really need. And then the 15, 20 minute drive to wherever you need, right? So you've saved yourself an hour's worth of time that you can actually be more productive on uh, when it comes to the connecting and the exchanging of ideas and just that flow of information is free flowing. So love right. it. And I'm the exception to the rule, but you look at behind me, you'll see, you'll see nothing, you cut go vector, but that's not intentional. I'm just doing this because I work there, but you guys have invited me into your home just now. So like yeah. legitimately doing business and I get to see paintings, I get to see certificates, I get to see, you know, uh, in it's, it's a window, it's a portal into your house. So the reality is there's, there's a, not just a, there's an intimacy now when we're meeting via zoom like this, that it's never happened before. Like if I'm a smart sales guy, I can key in on the things that I'm seeing, which we were taught to do as teenagers at at Cutco. (laughs) Just, Hey, what do you see that you notice that resonates with you and talk about that. And the fact that people are doing zoom all the time, even today I was watching CNN and it's all this coverage and the, um, one of the big guys up in Pennsylvania, they're interviewing the guy and it's this bookcase behind him. He's got like a little, you know, like a little postman truck there and like some of the titles you can, can't quite make out the titles, but I'm like, I have that book. That's cool. Like you actually get to see what's going on in their world. It's a very cool time to be alive. And the fact is like, I'm sure you guys too, these robust portals can actually lead to really great relationships. There's some people I've coached now for 10 years and we've met once in person or zero on occasion. But the reality is it's very easy for us to kind of forget that we're meeting virtually. We're just, in many ways, kind of transported. Maybe it's even a spiritual thing. We're actually hanging out, communing, 
and it's all virtual. But I'm really staring at my computer screen in my room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it's wild. And that's, I mean, the next evolution of that, too, is the VR and AR. Like, what's that going to be like when you can throw on a headset and all of a sudden you're sitting in a, a conference room with the other 700 people that yeah. would have been there for you guys? And you've got, you know, Trent Booth up on stage delivering a keynote from his bedroom, but everyone feels like they're there. Here's what's interesting, because some guys put like the virtual backgrounds behind them, which is, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to do that, that's great. But I would way rather see your fireplace. 100%. I'd 100%. way rather see your kid run by than have your ear being obscured by that freaking whatever your background is. Not to mention it chews up just a ton of bandwidth. You know, I just, I want the stable internet connection rather than having a virtual background. <laughs> I don't but, even think I can, my computer's not even good enough to have a virtual background. I just don't just <laughs> like, that, that, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. I tried. On, but, yeah. you know, I guess what I'm driving at is even in a virtual world, I think that intimacy and 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 having that authentic connection is going to be even more important. So, if the AR, if, if the virtual reality, the VR um, helps facilitate that, then I can get there. So, for example, they did a commercial earlier this year where a kid was visiting with his dad in his the, the house he grew up in, and it was all virtual. Like that's the mind bender. We start to go, whoa! Now that's that's cool. But yeah. where that works is that emotional connection of what is real and the fact that even if you know that, hey, I know I'm in a virtual environment, but it reminds me of what was true and real. The key is that it's the authenticity and the intimacy that matters there. 100%. Yeah, no, and I, I like that it. That sounds smart because it felt uh, smart when I said it. <laughs> it definitely sounded smart. But, but, you, are, but you do, raise, you do raise, raise a valid point and kind of, you know, coming into the back end of somebody's house. Like I share an office with my wife. We're in completely different industries. And luckily, I mean, that's why I went like this. I mean, she sits behind me, right? And we've been, cool. we've been doing this for five years yeah. now in, in our lifestyle. But sometimes you'll see her, like even when we're doing our, our Whiskey Wednesdays, you'll see her walk by and her head's like, you know, going yeah. in and out of the room, right? Uh, and, but, that's, but that's also the realness of it too, right? Sure. Um, and there was a time where that was like shunned. Like you, mm-hmm. we've all seen the uh, the English reporter in his office and his kid rolls <laughs> in, in and the mom's like snagging. trying to pull the kid out backwards <laughs> by the legs like, upside down, just losing. Well, here's what's fun is that at this point, a dog jumping in the frame isn't weird and actually is like an opportunity. Like, hey, show us your dog. Like, yeah. it, the world has shifted radically. And here's what's interesting is even let's say if not when, but if we get our arms around COVID, I live in the states. We're not nearly as close as you guys are the point is things have shifted and can't in some cases go back so when companies say okay we could spend seven thousand dollars a month for that office space or or not (laughs) you know i'm saying we could spend all this money on the trip or not or if we get together let's still get together but let's actually not meet we can actually if we need to meet we can disseminate information faster via zoom better maybe even via Zoom. If we're going to meet, it's going to be for relationships and connection will be why we do that. So we might meet less in Salt Lake City. I'm not trying to disparage Salt Lake City. I'm saying you might meet in Cabo instead because we're not actually meeting anymore. We're actually just going to hang out and, 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 and go deep and play bongos. Do you think? Do you think that if, like, if you're getting rid of some of that personal, go deep and play bongos, I like that. Uh, I was, I had the question queued up in my mind. Like, I gotta dive into it. I gotta, I gotta dive right into it. That's okay, squirrel. Um, all the time happens. Uh, so, uh, to but to to go off of, uh, you know, that it, like, if people are going more and more remote, do you find or do you think that's going to take away from the intimacy and authenticity? 
I think it could, but the reality is um, Simon Sinek made this point early in, in the pandemic. Like it was an article, if you go and check it out back in, um, I'll put it in the show notes maybe afterwards, but back in March, he was like, your meetings weren't as good as you thought. Hmm. Your meetings weren't as good as you thought. In fact, some of the best moments might have been before the meeting started or during the breaks. That's where the people really connected. If you go to a meeting where this the, the lead person, she or he, just talks at us the whole time, that's not intimate either. So I think what's, what's different here is the conversation has to be about connection more than it has to be about what, what medium that we're connecting in. So the reality is, let me tell a story here. And this has been one of the ways that I try to sell. And hear me right. I would much rather be with you guys and hug and have drink the same whiskey. That'd be awesome. But in a world where that's just not happening today. A local, a local Calgary brand right there, Rupert's, Rupert's Whiskey, Whiskey by Eau Claire Distillery. So Strong. there we go. I'm aware yes. of that one. Yes. So here's, here's what's interesting. So uh, back in the day, one of my past lives, I was a pastor and I still do weddings occasionally. And I was doing uh, marriage coaching with this couple the first time we met live and in person because they lived an hour away. We did it all via Zoom. First time I met live and in person was the dress rehearsal for the wedding. And she ran up and she gave me a big hug. I was like, hey, I hugged her back. I said, oh, actually, we're just kind of meeting here, aren't we? She's like, no, I know you. And she did. And I knew her. And it was awesome. I gave the group a big hug, too. It was awesome to connect finally. But that was, we had not never met in person. It was all via Zoom like this. So the degree to which you can be authentic and, and genuine and intimate via this, this uh, medium here. Uh, I think it's more the determining factor than is it the, is it the medium itself? And I say that, you know, same thing within our, our, our church group even now. So we have a group of us that uh, meet um, every couple times a month because it's hard to get everybody together. But when COVID hit, we met weekly. Why? Well, because we were, even if you're meeting in Zoom, you're not connecting necessarily, right? So we as a group, we started meeting weekly because we could, and it was only an hour, but it was via Zoom like this, and there's no driving involved. It was a quick in and out, but actually what it helped us do is feel connected. So that when we did get back together in person, it was better. There's actually a breakthrough. There's a, there's a plateau that we could crash through because of that time we'd actually spent here. One of the guys that I coach, we primarily do it one-on-one uh, -on -one and in person, but he's actually the anomaly. Almost everybody I coach is via Zoom. Um, but I'll tell you this, there was a, a, actually had a COVID scare at the school. He's like, hey, full disclosure. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to meet. Let's do Zoom this week. Like you're in quarantine. I'm not going to meet with a mask on. We're, we're going to do Zoom. Why not? And what's interesting is that sometimes the topics that we cover in person over a two-hour lunch are very different. It's a very different meeting than if we meet via Zoom. Sometimes we just cover a lot more ground, a lot more um, material via, via Zoom like that. So it's not bad. It's just different. And the reality is uh, what I love is talking to a couple of guys that get it. They're like, hey, this is here to stay. But there's an entire generation that are like, hey, I'm, I'm not really committed to this yet because it might not be a thing soon. I'm like, Hey, I'm coaching it's here 50 to, plus year olds. Like stay. this is a it's thing at this stay. point. Like you probably want to get to know how to connect with people via Zoom. Well, even my my brother is a manager for SGI, so a government insurance agency in Saskatchewan. And right before COVID hit, they just leased another building, their fifth one in Regina. Wow! And he's like, we don't need it. Like we have now learned that we can meet in the office two, maybe three days a week and the rest be remote. And people are actually getting more done in less time You got because it. their kids are there because they can be more efficient and more focused. Cause there's other reasons for them to not be working eight hours a day, but get mm -hmm. done eight hours worth of work. 
Has Top Golf made it up to Canada yet? Have you guys heard of this Top Golf? No, I've heard of Top. I've heard of Top Golf. Uh, we've like, we've always wanted to check it out with my buddies when we go down to Phoenix. Um, it's but worth the trip we just get we just get too drunk in the pool and can't drive anywhere. So yes, and <laughs> so Top Golf is basically think of like uh, when they hit like uh, midnight bowling, where you've got like neon lights and everything. They gamified bowling and made bowling cool. They've done that with golf. Here's what's interesting though: people who like golf but don't love it. Love hanging out at Top Golf because you can just have a couple hours, a couple drinks, whatever. Uh, you can play Angry Birds with your ball. So even if you suck at golf, <laughs> you might knock down the virtual building with all the birds on it. What I'm driving at, though, is people are saying, well, do we need an office space? I'm like, that's the wrong question. The question is, what could we do with those resources? So, like, if we've got uh, an office building that's $7,000 a month, that's $94,000 a year real quick. Well, that buys a lot of Top Golf memberships, doesn't it? So if we do need to get together, Top Golf has a place where we can hang out, but also it has meeting space, and we we could do that. So right now, what's happening in the states is that there's a shortage of of housing because <laughs> COVID meant we weren't building, and people are living at home more. So in fact, some companies I think are even giving stipends. Hey, if we're not paying you to go to the office, we're going to raise your pay a little bit. And some of that can go to internet, some of that can go to whatever office space. But the point being is that um, that makes people are upgrading their homes now. Like, hey, you know, I got a little more money. I'm going to live. If I'm staying here 24-7, I want a nicer house. Or even entrepreneurs going, hmm, I could spend combined, you know, 2000 a month for office rent and my mortgage or just all plowed into the mortgage and work out of my house. Right. What a cool time to be alive, guys, because we've worked from home for a long time, but people are just kind of getting the idea. What has shifted, I will say this. I'm used to working from home. I'm not used to working from home with three teenagers in the house. That's been less awesome. That's been harder to figure out. And by the way, I was like April years old when I discovered that plugging in an Ethernet was better than Wi-Fi. We went and upgraded all of our Wi-Fi, uh, you know, the, the router, and it wasn't giving me any more speed. I was getting nine up and down on Wi-Fi because kids play PS4, watch TV. And then I'm calling to complain. I'm like, what's going on, guys? They go, well, it's plugged in, right? I was like, I plugged in. It went to 900 because I had the Ethernet. I was like, dude. So no, this is a little PSA, just in case you don't know. <laughs> My brother-in-law, they just they just sold their house and they moved to another one. He was just looking like after we moved the stuff out, he's kind of looking down at the floor and looking at the ground. I'm like, what are you like? What are you doing? He's like, I'm never gonna get this Cat Six cable back and all the time that I spent wiring it in because he wanted Cat Six to be plugged in directly from the house. I'm just like, you've got you know bigger things to worry about. You know, maybe, Dude, it maybe shifted so much. Like, my son <laughs> is running a 200 foot Ethernet cable from my router right beside me to his PS4. Just blue, <laughs> just, just blue cables through the hallways. Just blue cable through the hallway downstairs. He's got another one going downstairs into the main room. So what you're really saying is it's like an episode of Boiler Room. <laughs> it's so funny, right? It's so funny. Oh, man. Um, yeah, that's a good reference right there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you on the spot here, Trent. Uh, so yeah. um, so if you were an HVAC um, you know, company owner, a business yep. owner, and you had this uh, you know, advent of Zoom with where you can save costs in your office, potentially you can save employee things, you can do better things. How would you as an HVAC owner position yourself with the advent of Zoom to be able to save money to give back your employees? What a great question. Actually, one of the companies I do quite a bit of coaching with uh, actually does that type of work. Um, what's interesting is that with the advent of Zoom, it's not weird, for example, to be meeting with customers via Zoom. So, for example, especially in Canada, here's, I mean, one of the great advantages is like just that distance that you normally have to cover just got a lot closer. 
So all, all those dollars that you could be investing into that. Here's what I would suggest. Make sure that your employees have good connections, good internet connections. A lot of them are going to be working from home. So if you're going to make a mistake, I would go heavy in terms of stipends to get them that good internet connection. I'd make sure that they have a good device to work with. A phone probably gets it done nowadays, by the way. They probably don't all need Macs or anything like that. But having a good device in their hand uh, definitely allows them to be able to connect uh, not only with you, but also I would encourage them strongly to start meeting with their customers this way. So a lot of times for HVAC, they're like, uh, my air conditioning's not working. I would say, listen, I'm going to schedule a Zoom with our tech at 10 o'clock on Tuesday. Now, the tech now can schedule appointments every 15 minutes all morning as opposed to hours. I mean, one per hour, maybe at best. And the guy can go, listen, show me your, show me your HVAC outside. Show me, show me what you got going on with the coolant. Show me what's happening there. And he can look at it and go, okay, he can at least assess it. Now, if he still needs to go out, that's one thing. But if he's got 10 of those today, did he just cut that down to seven? Did he cut that down to three? They has to go see because with, with an actual camera and the customer walking them through the house, not just can I see your house, I could see your heater downstairs if we needed to. So that would be one of the areas of opportunity is I would encourage not only the techs that are out there doing the work, to bone up and get good at this stuff because that's differentiating them from everybody else. I would be high on making sure that my people are comfortable with that technology and then utilizing that. I mean, it's never been easier to send a picture at the end of the job, especially if we're going to warranty or guarantee the work that we did here. I want to make sure that this work is done well. So one of the companies that we're working with, we're, we're ensuring that the work for quality control purposes before and after we've got those shots all documented to make sure that we've got great work done and we can see that. We can kind of sign off on it. But I'm not sure if, you're, if I'm answering your question here, but the reality is the technology that's available to us, what's beautiful about COVID, I can't believe I just said that, is it's forced us to change. But not some of us, like all of us had to change and very quickly. So the reality is we've already kind of eaten the crap burger. Like at least at this point, some of the benefits, some of the, 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 the silver lining would be, hey, you can get a lot more done with less time with the technology that not only is it not weird to say to a customer, hey, can you have a Zoom meeting? Because they're all meeting on Zoom right now. Whereas a year ago, hey, if you heard a Zoom, you're, you're apologizing and, and having a big ask. Whereas right now it's like, hey, in between your meetings, instead of saying, hey, like Comcast down here is the big internet provider, like, hey, we'll be at you sometime between eight in the morning and eight at night. I'm like, dude, all day, now I'm already here anyway, but that's not great and ideal. 12 hours? I mean, but if you can actually give a slight window there because your text now can schedule six people per hour, four people per hour, you can get a lot more done here. We can be a lot more productive. One being your specialty in leadership training, how would you encourage an owner then to utilize the technology to be able to connect with their people and uh, continue to evolve those relationships? Here's what I love. What I just your your question has so many answers in it, right? So if the goal is to evolve the relationships, many many of us aren't thinking like that, right? So what you can do now is have regular recurring meetings that are digital like this. They're virtual. And you can invite the group to come together because the reality is the, 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 the genius of your, of, of, of your company is in the system. Like all of your people have the answers. So if you're not meeting with your people, you've got inherent answers that are available, but you're not opening up the gift, right? So if the, if the system uh, has the answers in it inherently, then we just have to get that system together and have the answers emerge. We said this today on a coaching call. I said, we is better than me. 
So if there's a challenge we're wrestling with, let's get them together and let's have regular recurring, highly interactive has got to be the key here. Highly interactive meetings that are more of a conversation and less of just a meeting. So if we ask better questions and the questions that we ask are fatal and take us to great or terrible directions, if we can come up with better questions as a business owner and meet with our people and ask them. So for example, if you don't know what question to ask, I would start with a simple awareness question. I'd start with a start, stop, keep. Hey, teammates, what are we doing as a company that uh, you feel is so good? We should, no matter what changes, we should always keep it. What are we not doing that we could start doing as a company that would improve morale, improve, et cetera? You, you, you fill in the blank for us. Open-ended questions. Hey, what's something that we're doing right now that's hurting that relationship? What should we stop? And as much as we can ask that company in that context, that, that one question, we can ask that in so many different contexts. Hey, what right now are we not doing as a company to make your job easier? to make your job experience that much more fulfilling and satisfying. What are we not doing that we should start? What are we doing right now that is detracting from that? If we were to just do less dumb things, by the way, <laughs> like if I just didn't have to jump through that hoop and be like, wow, why are we doing that? You're like, I don't know. It's crazy. You know, our friend Dave Durand used to say like, you know, why do we have one-sided doors like on all vans? Many vans had openings just on the one side. It's just on the passenger side. It wasn't on the other side. And somebody goes at a meeting like, both sides. And it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. And it got it done. It was an innovation that came from the system, right? So the idea of just asking our people what's going on, what's really happening, and then making adjustments with that. Because the reality is your, your people have a perspective of what's going on. Now, also in that world, hear me right, not all techs are created equally. Not employees are created equally. Um, I would make sure that the one is super quiet actually might have the best idea in the room. So the fact that they're not volunteering it might not mean that they don't have an idea. I'd say, hey, listen, at this point, Thad, I'm going to come over to you. Um, you can pass if you need to, which is always kindness, by the way. But like, yeah, you can pass if you need to. What do you see here? And for that, in the CVI or core values index that what we use to measure this, that, that person who thinks a lot but is afraid of looking foolish goes, hey, what about this? And that one question might change everything. Mic dropped. Right? It's just one of those like, whoa, I'm glad I asked. I wouldn't yeah. interpret the silence as the fact that they don't have ideas, but the idea of having those guided facilitations. So what I would suggest to, to um, companies that are, or to owners of companies like that is if you're not great at um, facilitating like that, then, then pay a Sherpa, pay somebody to facilitate that because the answers that you get there, how many of those do you need a year to revolutionize your business, to start growing exponentially? And then all of a sudden that facilitator or that employee that's in, under the umbrella, that's a thought leader kind of like you guys, all it takes is one or two of those a career to make a huge difference, you know, and to shift what seems like consulting fees to like, that's an investment into helping us grow and how to get unstuck. And the reality is you and I both know if you're having those conversations regularly, there's plenty of gold in the mountains. We just got to go get it. You know, and we're not even talking having to frack, which, you know, whatever that opinion is. The point is, <laughs> it's right there. It's right there. We just got to scoop it up. So I would encourage th that you would invest not only the dollars, but also the, the, the finances. And I would even double down on that. Just because Evan's running the meeting for you doesn't mean you shouldn't be there. By being there, and I don't mean like there and checking like TSN. I mean like there and present. Like, because being there actually brings a lot of weight to that meeting just by being there, but also allowing that group to inform your thoughts and what directions you're going to take going forward. That that is where this becomes game changing. If you, if the it's it's a bit of a cliche even that our most precious resources are human resources.
Well, if we believe that, right, then we're going to start to get the maximum return on investment for the people we have. I'll also say this, as much as that one quiet person might have something to add, people who don't have much to add are going to get exposed pretty quickly. Quickly, right? And we're going to be able to staff an upgrade and actually get more A players on the team as opposed to that are just doing the minimum to get by and just kind of taking up space. So that's how you, that's a great way for an, an owner, I think, to be able to move forward is, is they shouldn't be doing the Sherpa work. That should be, I think, a facilitator or a consultant or a coach. And this is why guys like us have lots of work to go down the road, right? Is we could do that hard work. We love doing that. Yeah. Right. Most of the business owners, they don't want to ask the questions. They don't want to design the workshop. They just want to see the business grow. And that's what they should be doing. They should be thinking about the future and let guys like us kind of be the Sherpas that uh, carry, carry everything to the summit. 100%. A question from Nick Johnstone. Uh, he wanted to know, how would someone monetize those Zoom assessments with a client that has an issue with their, with their HVAC system? So here's actually the point is I actually wouldn't look to monetize the assessments. I would do those for free. And here's why. When you add value before you ask for anything in return, you're actually going to wind up getting more business on the back end. So for example, uh, even as a thought leader, I do, I'll do, um, uh, workshops, I'll do things like this for free. Cause here's what I know. Somebody watching this goes, man, that's awesome. I could use that. Now here's the reality is because I know you guys, I just like hanging out with you and I'd love to disconnect. That part's easy, but it's easy to say yes, because I also know that if I keep adding value, I keep adding value that I'm going to get people asking me, Hey, can you, can you work with our company? The answer is of course. So let me get back to that question. If you're saying, Hey, how could we monetize a customer walking us through the house, I would actually not. I would take it the opposite extreme. I would say that this is a free assessment. But the reality sure. is, if a customer actually has more of us, and we're going to get more assessments done that way. Does that make sense? I mean, you talked about recruiting earlier. It's a, it's a large number, low percentage endeavor. The more free estimates we give out, and keep my earning trust the entire time. The connection's already here. When I assess this, when I look at this thing, I go, by the way, the last guy here, Jerry rigged this thing. He basically just patched it up and it was a short-term solution. We could do that again, but that's not what we do here. We fix it. We don't just mask symptoms. We fix the problem. So that's not the move you need here. Other people are going to see you. By the way, if you have a tech that looks in and goes, okay, Roto-Rooter is going to tell you that you need to replace that water heater right now. You don't. It, you will probably in the next couple of years, but right now that's okay. Here's what you need. You earn trust and now all of a sudden you've got work. And when you've got the trust of that customer and you've done it for free, you've already added value before you asked for anything, you've got actually a fiercely loyal customer. Not only do you have that person, you got their neighbors, you got the five people that they're, that they're talking about this with today. Dude, this guy told me he saved me $1,200. Well, when that thing does break and it's going to go, the thing's 20 years old, it's going down. <laughs> they are now calling you on speed dial and they're happy to give you the premium price, not the lowest price, the, the fair price. If you do outstanding work like this and you're adding value on the front end, it's, it's easy to ask on the back end. It goes a long way. Well, and even beyond that, when you think of the, the time and energy that's saved by doing that method, because most of the bigger companies, they'll have level one, level two, level three techs, where depending on what the job is, they're going to send out the guy that can just service and repair minor right. things right. versus the experienced tech that's going to go in and problem solve this because they don't know what's wrong. Well, when you do that walkthrough, you know now which guy you're going to send right away and you're not going to you waste your time sending your level one out and then him calling the level three because he doesn't know what to do. 
Bingo. What you need to do then is you assess and you have your best quality Jedi's now assessing and you're sending Every the Padawans job. out to the easy ones, man. Hey, it's yeah. an easy fix to send it out. So now instead of dispersing the wrong resource in the wrong spot, and here's one of the things I keep talking to, to companies like this is your best techs, you want to treat them so well because they're hard to oh, find, yeah. man. But if yep. you keep your best techs and you start to elevate them and you show them an opportunity to grow with the company right now, a smart tech looks at that and knows immediately what to be able to do. Send somebody else out there to be able to can get that thing fixed. The reality is you're probably charging the same price as whether you have a level three or, or your Jedi going out there, right? But if the Jedi is actually able to disperse that and actually seize all these things, now you're utilizing your best resource best. You're leveraging the best mind that you have over all the jobs that your, your company ha- could have this week. The reality is if you're working with your local pawn, your mom, pa shops, like your, your small boutique HVAC companies, these are the ones that are going to benefit the fastest. It's going to take Roto-Rooter and, you know, mm-hmm. those bigger companies years to catch up to what you guys can do right now because you guys are all in speedboats. You guys can make the change on a dime. They're all cruise ships, man. It takes that battle cruiser a while to get turned around. But you guys can make these changes immediately. Yep. Some of you guys might get bought out or at least offered to get bought out. <laughs> Absolutely. You got the right systems in you place. You got it. You got it. Again, so you got the systems and the people. That's the big thing there. And actually, if you say the culture, like that intellectual mm-hmm. property, the culture that we have here, that raises the price, you know, 7X of profits for the, you know, that's the going rate. Actually, for us, it's going to be 10 because when you get these guys, actually, you have, like, my lead tech could actually be doing all of this. My best tech can probably replace your top guy right now. That's what you've love got, it. you know. Yeah, man, you guys are adding so much value here. Here's what I love is that we just start asking great questions, start getting some big answers, and the system has the answers, dude. Your people, they got the answers, man. And I love the work that you guys are doing. I love that you guys are reskinning what you're doing here. Here's what's fun is that we're talking HVAC, but we could be talking, dude, almost any industry and disrupting it here. It still comes down to people and adding value. You know, what comes to mind is that Smucker's analogy, right? So Smucker's, the jam company for years has put more jam than they advertise in their jars. So they advertise 325 mil, but they actually put in 350. Why? We're smuckers. We're just adding value. We're going to do better than what you expect. What's advertised is 325. We're going to exceed, wildly exceed your expectations. Well, that seems Canadian to me, man. That seems awesome. That's a recipe for success. <laughs> so what sparked this whole conversation was you commenting on our last post when I brought up the, the old question of, uh, if I could change blank daily, my life would change dramatically. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things that's become pretty prolific. So and I, and by the way, I love it when people actually get, get the concept, like get it so well that it's theirs. And I appreciate you, you attributing that to me. I didn't create that obviously, but you know, coaches, good coaches raise awareness. And that question raises awareness. Uh, it happens to be a stark way to do it though. Like, Hey, if I was to do one thing daily that would dramatically change everything, what would that one thing be? And in my experience, most people, when they think about that thing, it's compelling to try it, isn't it? Like, what if I just did that one thing? And they start doing it, and then everything shifts. Everything becomes different, right? And they could actually build a lot of momentum from that. Where we've shifted that is, is again, raising that awareness. So um, let me even tell you about a social experiment. I started doing this with the kids years ago. And I'm so glad because it's yielded so just it's raised my awareness as a dad, which has made me just a better dad. So I'll say, Hey kids, um, what are we doing in our relationship? That's, um, that's not good that we should stop. And they'll go, uh, so for example, my daughter one time said, dad, uh, maybe 
you kind of yell at us sometimes. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're right. She goes, but I need it. So she actually tried to give me a pass and I actually didn't let her. I said, no, 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 listen, if what you're doing requires like a four and I come in at 11, I said, that's not okay. So I'm actually looking for you to forgive me. So this is feedback. It was helpful because, again, we usually as dads, we kind of default to what we saw, right? So I'd come in, you know, as the Hulk, and they didn't need the Hulk. They just needed a little. So it's, it's appropriate more for her to hold me accountable going forward. So that was an example of stop. Start, stop, keep is, is kind of the evolution of this. We already kind of covered this, but that's an example yeah. of stop, right? The start is, hey, what are we not doing in a relationship that could really be awesome, and my youngest daughter one time said, she goes, we could ride horses. I'm like, did you like horses? I didn't even know that riding horses was a thing in her world. I was like, good to know. All right, we can ride horses, right? And then keep. What's great about the keep question is it acknowledges that we're doing something well right now. And in recent years, just studying appreciative inquiry with the exchange group, this is one of the things that's really helped us kind of level up here is, okay, well, what's going well that we should actually double down on? So when I ask the kids this, I'd say, hey, what's something that's going well? They'd say, well, this question's helpful. I'm like, oh, that's, that's good. Like, but the daddy-daughter dates, for example, were one of those things that are like going really well. Let's make sure we keep doing those. You know, for years at, at Cutco, we've had this old cliche from uh, boy Jerry Otteson. He used to say, it works so well, I stopped doing it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but here's what shifts though, right? So if we're aware of it, we actually have a shot of continuing it or even doubling down. And in my experience, any company that doubles down on its strengths is going to get more than trying to shore up what's sucking. So doubling down on what's going great usually yields way higher return on investment than trying to stop sucking at this one level. I'm going to tell a story that I learned from John Berghoff. So we mentioned him a little bit earlier. He mentioned the idea of uh, uh, British Airways was having a trouble with uh, losing baggage. It sounds like uh, you know Air, Air Canada. Uh, so they brought consultants in like you guys. They said, hey, we're, we're struggling. We're losing all these bags. It sucks. Our customers are pissed off. And the consultant said, you're asking the wrong question. They're asking, like, how do we lose less bags? And they go, well, if you lose less bags, nobody's fired up when you just hand their bag back. That's a reasonable expectation. If I give you my bag, Thad, and you give me my bag later, I don't go, oh, that's amazing. Thank you for handing me my bag. No, it's thanks for my bag back, dude. So they, over a couple of days in this room, eventually asked the question, what does an exceptional arrival experience look like? And that whistles right past, what does not looking my, losing my bags look like? It's, <laughs> what does an exceptional arrival experience? Of course your bags are there, but like we're asking now a better question that takes us right past the least, you know, acceptable you know, thing into like, what does awesome look like? What a great question then. And here's what's fascinating. In your companies, if we go, hey, what does an exceptional experience for our customers look like in our company? Do you think the text can answer that? Do you think the people on the phone setting up the appointments can answer that? You know, one of the biggest killers right now for the HVAC companies is trying to get a hold of people because we're calling them. Well, right now, if you call my number and it's not a number of my phone, it gets automatically ghosted. I guess just got tired of student loans that I don't have trying to get paid off. So like I just ghosted everybody. So some of the companies I work with, I'm like, well, what does texting them look like? Hey, this is uh, John reaching back to your inquiry about HVAC. If you can talk, let me know. Because we want to talk to them, but we need permission now. This has shifted. 
This is one of the greatest challenges right now. How many hours, how many calls does it take to get a customer to call us back to schedule the initial appointment? Hey, why don't we whistle right past that? What do customers want to do right now? My wife right now would rather take a turning fork to the eye than call and order pizza because she can go on her app or even on nickspizzalocalguy.com and order it online. She doesn't have to deal with a person. She can get exactly what she wants across. She doesn't have to she can spell it. I mean, point being that there are technological advances that at some point if we don't pay attention to, we're behind. We can't get a hold of people. That's the wrong question. How do we get a hold of more people is the wrong question. How do we make it easier to schedule, have customers get answers right now? And if one of those is like, if you'd like a call, text us, give us your phone number here so we can text them and say, hey, listen, Sally's available to book you right now. Can you pick up? And she hits a button that calls and all the, or even better, they self-schedule for the tech to come by. And it's never been easier for us to find technology we're self-scheduling as a thing and it's confirmed. It needs to be confirmed. It's not just a one-way thing. We get to say yes before we commit to it. But I mean, that closes a ton of gaps that reduces the amount of hours that we lose. That reduces the amount of customers not being there, et cetera. It's an exciting time guys it really is. I absolutely love this concept and this idea of asking better questions. And it's, I even brought it up to Thad as um, I was reading the one thing again. And it's probably the 11th time I've read the book now, but the old FM Alexander quote. And, and not know, the last one, by the way, you're going to read it again. Oh God, no, it's, it's a two time a year book to go back, read through the notes, read through the highlighted sections and check in. Right. Yeah. And uh, I do pop into the podcast every once in a while, but uh, and they bring up the quote all the time. FM Alexander, you don't decide your future, decide your habits, your habits decide your futures. And so I, I texted dad and I was like, Hey, here's my new habit for this next 66 days is, and it, uh, Jeff Woods, this was his uh, habit that he had brought in as well. Asking a question when I normally would have made a statement. There you go. Right. And just getting in that habit of constantly looking for what's a question that I can ask right now. So What's amazing. a better question? When, when, when the HVAC owners start to have like guided facilitation, a conversation, any of the answers that emerge that the owner likes, and frankly, probably would have come up on his own or, or not, but mm-hmm. so sometimes it's not what they would have thought of and it's better. That's great. But even if it is something that he could have said, there's immediate buy-in. It's, all, it, it, it's implied. Like this person that's selling it already knows what that is. You and I both know the cool uncle that comes back from university can say the same thing that dad's been saying this entire time. Cool uncle says it's like, well, it's amazing. I'm like, you're killing me. You know, point being that when you ask the question and the answer emerges, there's no sale required after that. It's already theirs. And better, you get immediate confirmation as a coaching leader that they know what it is that, that we're trying to emerge here. They know what it is. How do I know? Because they're sharing it with me. And even better, they're using language I wouldn't have used. So they're using language that they understand. They get what this is. And it's immediate. So that's where this coaching leader concept really starts to come in. And and it's never been more important for you guys to be in this type of a space to help those companies get unlocked with that. Because the reality is there's no amount of talent that if we're not utilizing that talent can move us forward as a company. 
Here's what I'm asking though, guys. I, I don't feel like we're done. I would love to come back to the podcast again and, and just connect with you guys. I believe that you guys are doing great work. And just some of the questions that you're asking kind of indicates just a level of understanding that I'm hoping the people you're serving really fully get that you guys are bringing a ton to the table that can really bring game-changing solutions to their companies, not short-term, but I'm saying like for generations to come, you guys are asking the right questions and doing things the right way, man. I'm just grateful for you guys serving well uh, in that community, man. It's awesome. You know, one of the reasons that we got onto this space is that there's so many business owners out there and it wasn't just, um, you know, in our conversations with HVAC owners, it was business owners across the board. We're having such a frustration with people that are doing their digital marketing for them because they've paid somebody money uh, and it just, uh, they didn't get the results or they paid somebody money and then they fucked off with their money. Right. And they didn't get anything. And they have this, this jaded taste in their mouth. And that's not all of, you know, the, the people that are in our space, but uh, you know, with any industry, there's good and there's bad, right? Just in the HVAC, mm-hmm. there's good techs, there's bad techs, right? Yep. Um, there's good companies, there's bad companies. And so we, we, uh, our, our agency was born out of frustration, but we also take an honest and transparent approach to what it is that we do. So we're going to be upfront. We're going to have those conversations. Heck, even if it means a tough conversation with the sure. client, we're not going to hide behind this veil of secrecy, you know, on that. And so it's building in the systems to be able to help a business level up, to be able to take a mid-size HVAC company into, you know, seven figures, into being a territory king. We just happen to do it with website search engine optimization, Google ads and Facebook ads. Yeah. I'd be curious though, if I was to just go deeper with you guys, the reality is that human connection seems to still be the thing that you guys were great at back in the day when, when we were running together at, at Cutco days that you guys are still great at. So like as much as it's search engine optimization, in reality, you guys have to be smart. You have to be able to deliver, right? And the technical aspects of what you guys are promoting, but there's a lot of people in that space where you guys are differentiated, where you guys are unique, is that you've kept that human connection that you guys have kept that, uh, that authentic, you know, genuine, like, and moving people forward. The reality is I'm willing to bet that the owners that are connecting with you guys, like you guys might be the best guys that they know. And in many ways you guys become business partners with them of how to move things forward. And, and that's where I celebrate what you guys have, have done. And, and part of that's being vector trained, but part of that is you guys were awesome before you even got here. The bottom line is, mm-hmm. you know, celebrating more alumni doing great work in outstanding sectors. And it, guys, I'm just, I'm going to wave the pom poms all the way to you guys becoming super millionaires if you're not already. So, and the reality is because you're helping so many people along the way, it's, it's really, it's important work. And, uh, and the reality is there's not a lot of that work being done uh, in Canada. So I, I, you guys are in a very unique spot right now. And I'm as, as an expatriate living in, in the U S here for 16 years, just celebrating outstanding work going on, uh, at home there. So, Hey guys, never been more proud to know you guys than, than today. Thank you so much for the time and space to share for a little bit, go on some rants and, and get distracted from a presidential election here in uh, <laughs> shed, some, shed some light onto that. So, uh, well, get some, get some light away here. from that. Totally. Before you go, Trent, where can people find you if they want to find more content from you? Hey, and, would and love to connect. Love, love to connect. I'm on uh, Twitter at Trent Booth. Fortunately, I'm facebook.com slash Trent Booth on uh, LinkedIn. Trent Booth, Evan Hoffman can tell you that I'm not the only Trent Booth, but I am the one that has the prime Trent Booth name 
pretty much across the board. So if you if you Google Trent Booth, I'm going to pro- pretty much uh, bubble to the front. There are other Trent Booths out there, but look for a picture of me, maybe a picture of me and my wife, and and you should be good to go. We'd love to connect here, guys. But the reality is, you guys are doing so much great work here, man. It's it's just uh, it's just a pleasure to connect with you and your crowd and, and your and your group, man. You guys got an exciting tribe going here, man. This is uh, thank you so much for inviting me again to be a part of this, man. I hope this isn't our last time connecting, and uh, I'm going to reciprocate. My my intention next time is rant less and ask great questions more. Um, you know the the big why of of why we want to do this. I mean, one of Evan's why is his wife and his family. My why, my wife and the family that we're going to build and life that we're going to build. At the same time. It's the life that we're going to be building for our clients, for the owners, for the techs that they're working with them, for the employees that are working with them. And that whole trickle-down effect that's going to result of us leveling up their game is a huge why for us and a huge driver for us. It isn't just about dollar signs. It's about the life that we can create for us and our clients. No, you're describing a concept called altruism, right? And that is being wildly sold out for somebody else's success. And uh, even when I heard that, that was a new word to me you know, about 10 years ago. And when I heard it, I'm like, that's, that's amazing. And I see you guys living that out. I see you guys being wildly sold out. The reality is there's tremendous significance that'll come to you guys, but you're not doing it for the significance or the recognition or even the dollars. The reality is the good work and helping people because that's who you guys are. You guys are going to be great. Again, grateful to be associated with you guys, man. This is uh, this has been a real treat today, guys, to connect, man. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for coming on, Trent. Are you the first name people think of in your area when they think of HVAC? It better be, and our friends at Butler Productions can help. You know those jingles from when you were a kid that just got stuck in your head and they wouldn't leave? Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that. And if you just said Kit Kat bar in your head, you just proved my point. Butler Productions helps put that same branding power to work for you and your business. They'll produce a custom jingle that will help you stand out from your competitors and stay top of mind for a lifetime. Call Butler Productions at 1-833-3-JINGLE or go to jinglesbybutler.com. That's J-I-N-G-L-E-S-B-Y-B-U-T-L-E-R.com and tell them Evan sent you and you'll save 15% on your custom jingle. So go check them out today. Hey, thanks for watching another episode of HVAC Success Secrets Revealed. Before you go, join our Facebook group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash HVAC revealed that URL one more time facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash HVAC revealed. Um, The other thing, if you took one nugget, one little golden nugget of information from this show, no matter how big, no matter how small, what we ask is you introduce this show to one person in your contacts list. That's it. That's all we ask. Introduce it to one person in your contacts list so they too can unleash the ultimate HVAC business. Until next time, cheers.